What up, it's your boy Guys Inc. And um, I have a special bonus episode outside of the normal uh, The Words I Never Said uh, format. Um, I have published a book called The Righteous Center. And I want to give y'all a little preview of it. Um, so if you, if this is your thing, if you like if you like to read, then please stay tuned. If you don't like to read, I feel you. And I'm going to holler at y'all on Wednesday when the next podcast drops. But for those that do like to read, um, The Righteous Center is a uh, urban Christian fiction novel. Um, it's an ebook, about 20,000 words or so. Um, and I just want to read a little bit to y'all. It's doing great. Um, I put it on Amazon, strictly on Amazon, and it's been a lot of sales. Um, so I figured I would get on here and try to and try to tune y'all into it. I know a few people, a few listeners have probably already uh, read it and I appreciate that. Um, and part two will be released within the next two weeks. So like I said, I just want to create a little buzz for it. Um, I probably should have switched it over to Amazon a long time ago, but I ain't gonna talk about that. Anyways, um, I'm just reading the intro for y'all. So let me get my professional reading voice. I don't have one. I would just, I just want to do that. Anyway, this is the intro to the righteous center part one. He gripped the microphone with an internal fervor that was ignited by the Holy Spirit. He had gone through enough drama in his lifetime that he had no choice but to depend on God when no one else was there. And the Lord said, you have to keep pressing, keep pressing on. Sometimes you have to be crushed just so that the greatness can come out of you. If Jesus Christ could not escape that moment, what makes you think we can? The Lord said he has chosen to refine us through the furnace of affliction that we will come forth as pure gold. There are some things inside of you that need to be purged. He pays back and forth across the altar. As members of his congregation sprouted to their feet with their hands lifted straight to the ceiling, reaching for God, beads of sweat rolled down over his bra and exploded into his black dress shirt. Flames of the Holy Spirit flickered in his eyes and as he looked upon his sheep, the organist danced his fingers across the keys. The drummer followed in behind him, tapping hi-hats while his sticks crashed into the snare. A few members broke out of their seats into a full sprint around the track-sized church. Other members shook their heads back and forth while they stood on their feet with stink faces as if what they heard was just too spiritually on point to do anything else. You better preach, another shouted. You better preach. Don't let your mess define your message. We all go through. We all fall. But the point is to get back up. The word says, come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find the grace to help in a time of need. Come boldly. You just sinned. Get in God's face and repent. Get up and come back to him. The devil wants you down after you messed up. But through Jesus Christ, the Lord said, get back up. He saw a glimpse of his son, CJ and his daughter Tiara near the side of the sanctuary. CJ hated sitting close to the front. He had already had a hard time shaking the good boy image off his back while he was the pastor's son. The last thing he needed was to sit near the front of the church while his father preached the word. He heard it at home enough. Just as his father revved up again, CJ's phone buzzed with a text message. He removed it from his pocket and glanced at the screen. He shaped the peach fuzz on the top of his lips with his father's clippers he couldn't wait for it to grow in as thick as the older boys he hung around his designer jeans rested just below his waist with the gucci belt tied through the loops 
The music played in the background while a smirk flashed across his face. It was Sharonda. Come to the youth meeting room with me. He cleared his throat and punched his response into the text. What you trying to do? She responded, just come here. Maybe we can do what we did last time. We have to hurry up though. I don't think we will have that long because Sister Anderson will come back in here any time. Come now, he smiled. I'm on my way. He leaned over toward the sister and whispered in his ear, yo, I'll be back in a minute. She looked at him. Where are you going? He sucked his teeth. Out of the two of them, she is the one who fit the role of the good girl. She and her older sister were born out of their father's marriage. She gave her life to Christ at, at a young age and as difficult as it had been, she walked a straight and narrow. He responded, I said I'll be back. He got up and excused his way down the aisle being sure not to make eye contact with his father. He had a way of reading his son and, it seemed, and he seemed to know when CJ was up to no good. CJ, the splitting image of his father both physically and mentally. Tiara bowed, bowed her head as he walked down the aisle. Tears formed in the corner of her eyes and silently rolled down her cheeks like calm rivers of water. Lord, help my mother. Please, God, help her see the wrong she's doing. Help my brother steer clear of his sinful ways. Father, I know he loves you. He just needs time. Please be patient with him. Lord, my father and my stepmother. I know they are in a rocky time right now, but Father, I know that there is nothing too hard for you. Even when Lazarus died, you said he would live again. It is never too late for you to work a miracle, Father. Please help my family. Please. Moments later, she felt the hand on her back. One of the nearby sisters of the church rubbed her hand in a circular motion for comfort as she flagged down an usher for a box of Kleenex. In the middle of her preach in the middle of his preaching, Curtis Sr. saw his son exit in the sanctuary with his pants barely on his waist, but there was nothing he could do about it. He looked towards the front row of the church. Cubic zirconia tears fell from Victoria's eyes as she looked towards her husband. She stood up, along with two other women, praising God as her husband tugged at emotions from the pulpit. Her heart filled with disappointment and anger as she watched the man she once loved more than herself pump life into everyone but her. She was slowly dying inside, and she couldn't find the words to tell him without breaking down in tears, so instead she used another way to help ease the pain. Something to take her mind off the drama that was cycling inside the walls of her home, threatening to rip everything apart in a moment's notice. She lifted her hands and looked towards her right. He stood up with his hands folded behind his back, pretending to search throughout the sanctuary, but covertly stealing glances of her. She could feel his eyes on her. She welcomed it. He watched her from the pulpit as his pastor preached the words just a few feet in front of him. Davin was just ordained as a minister three weeks ago, but right now, the relationship he wanted with Victoria was more important than the commitment he had made to the ministry. He couldn't take his eyes off her. Even dressed modestly, she couldn't hide her figure. He tucked his bottom lip into his mouth and smirked, forcing, forcing her to turn away from him quickly. She grabbed a fan from the seat and pushed the air across her face to relieve the heat except her fervor was coming from inside of her. Her husband was attractive, but Davin offered something else, something forbidden. Something that she hadn't tasted all her life, being raised in a strict household. Curtis Sr. had been the only man she'd ever slept with, and but she was becoming far too curious to keep it that way. She lowered her head and immediately the tears became real. She was caught in the middle of a battle and she had no idea which way things would turn out.
All right. And you just heard the intro to The Righteous Sinner. Um, the book takes place um, 16 years earlier. Um, so after that intro, we back up 16 years and then we get to know Curtis and how he got into the situation he's in. Um, basically, the idea is that he was forced to be he was forced into being the pastor of the church because his brother Solomon, um, he was the chosen one, but he, he got tragically murdered by the police. And so everybody expectations uh, shifted to Curtis and everybody expected him to be the next pastor. But the thing about Curtis is he was living his life. You know, he was he, he was he was more like the prodigal son. You know, he was out there wilding out. And um, then all of a sudden his brother died. And now everybody expecting him to be the next pastor and, and putting that pressure on him. And so he succumbs to it um, partly because he wants to win his father's favor, a uh, favor, favor. Uh, because Solomon has all had always been his favorite and uh, Curtis didn't like that. And so when that that opportunity opened up to, to gain his father's uh, attention, then he, he felt like he had to slip into that role. And so he ended up uh, forcing himself to be uh, a quote unquote Christian. Um, but at the, at the same time, he, he wasn't ready to let go of the life that he was living um, before he accepted that uh, accepted that role. So that's basically what the what the first book is about. I'm um, just un unpacking all of that and um, and the, and the issues that come along with it. You know, you, you can't you can't live both lives. And, and Curtis was trying to um, he was he was just starting to try to live both lives. But that's book one. Um, book two, like I said, will be out within the next couple of weeks. Um, go ahead on Amazon and cop that book. Please go read if you like. I mean, obviously. If you listen this long, you like reading. I hope the book interests you enough. You know, if you like my style as a spoken word artist um, or if you read anything else that I've written, short stories or anything, I'm, I'm pretty sure you will you will grow to love um, The Righteous Sinner, part one. Um, but that's about it, man. I hope you all enjoy or in, in start this week strong. Um, don't 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 start. Don't start off on a bad foot. You know what I'm saying? Mondays. Mondays are there because you have to start strong. They're there for 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 great starts, you know, not for bad starts. Um, whatever. Y'all enjoy it, man. I'm going to let y'all Wednesday. I right? I right. Peace. As soon as her lips touched his, her face twisted. Oh, my God, Curtis, what is wrong with you? This is the second day in a row you acted funny when I tried to show you some love. What is your problem? Victoria's words echoed in a dark cave of his mind as he looked away from Monica. She stood in her boy's shorts and a tank top, wait for an explanation. Um, hello, Curtis? You need to stop playing with me. What is wrong with you? The past three years stood in front of him with her hands on her hips. Her arms resembled the handle of, of a teacup as her impatience grew. He knew what was going to come out of this. His daughters flashed in and out of his mind, forcing a tear into the corner of his eyes. He used his thumb and forefinger to stop them before they had a chance to fall. This is not going to work. Her eyebrows folded together. She took a step back as if she had to reposition herself to hear him better. I'm sorry? What do you mean this is not going to work? This engagement. Us. It's not going to work. I mean, we had different points in our lives, Monica. I'm saved and you don't want to live that life with me. You are content doing what you are doing. Smoking, drinking, partying. I mean... This is not the type of life I'm living anymore. She glared at him. Dagger shot from her eyes directly into his heart as she tried to piece together what she just heard. <laughs> Are you joking right now? 
I mean, seriously, are you joking? He didn't respond. He knew what she was capable of, and that's what he was afraid of. After all this, I carried your children. I put up with your little BS over the years and all of that, and you saying this is not going to work? Seriously? This? What is this? You know we on different paths, Monica. You know that. You got the blunt in your hand. You trying to get me to smoke? That's not me anymore. I mean, blind Bartonomies can see that we don't fit anymore. Blind who? Blind Bart Simpson? What? What are you talking about? He shook his head. See? That's what I mean. Suddenly, she snatched the ring off her finger and hurled it at him. He didn't budge as the ring bounced off his chest and hit the ground. He knew it was coming. Tears blurred her vision as she moved towards him with her hands balled into knots. She struck him in the chest as soon as she was close enough. Get out! Get out of my house, Curtis! He took a step backwards as she continued punching and pushing him away. Get out! Get out and don't ever come back! Angry tears spilled from her eyes and rushed down her cheeks as she shoved him harder. Get out and don't come back. I don't want to see your face again. Do you hear me, Curtis? Don't come back. He turned and walked towards the door as she continued pushing him from behind. She slammed the door and shoved him out of her house. Seconds later, the bedroom window opened as she yelled obscenities and threw his things outside. Clothing, shoes, books, and personal items. She cried as he walked over and grabbed his belongings. His heart broke into pieces knowing that he caused this and deserved everything that happened to him. All he could think about was his daughters. He loved them more than life, but this would change things for the good. He knew that without a shadow of a doubt.